0: Welcome to SVCC Weekly, a weekly podcast from Sangamon Valley Christian Center in Mohammed, Illinois. We hope you enjoy this message from our church and be sure to check us out online at www.sangamonvalley.net. If you can go ahead and open your Bibles with me, the book of 1 Corinthians, we're going to begin a uh, new series. Today on the book of 1 Corinthians, we're going to go through it kind of section by section. And so uh, I told you last week if you wanted to get ahead to read chapters 1 and 2, and we will I won't read every word uh, through there, Uh, but uh, hopefully you have, and if you haven't, I'd encourage you to get caught up. Just go back and read chapters one and two, and then read the the next two chapters, chapters three and four, uh, for this coming week. And so today, as we begin, I just want to give you an overview of the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, It is a letter written by Paul to the church at Corinth. Uh, It's a letter that's very... Interesting, and sometimes we know uh, as we are translating uh, things from the original language to today's uh, language that some of the culture, some of the things are missed. And so when we do a book study like this, I try to share with you a few of those things to help us get in the mindset of what was it like for Paul to actually write this back in his day to the church at Corinth. We also uh, do this uh, from time to time, go through different book studies, because I can highlight to you some different ways to encourage you to, as you're reading scripture, to study scripture. When you're looking at a book like this, part of the, something that we should look at, uh, Paul is writing to the church for some specific reasons. We should have that in mind as we're reading through the book. What are the reasons Paul is writing this? And so I'm going to, as we begin this morning, just give you a few of those things. The first off, Corinth uh, was a actual city, a seaport city uh, that was there. Also, was a major trade route uh, over land. And so this was a major place, similar maybe today to New York, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and including all of the vices. Yes, Pastor Gary, I threw that in for you. I know that's where you are from, at least one of the places you claim <laughs> But Las Vegas, we think of the many vices that are there. I think of Los Angeles, the many sins that are there. think of New York. I just think of overcrowding and claustrophobic, at least when I was there as a kid and my dad driving a big old Lincoln down those roads. Oh, still scares me to this day. But Corinth was one of those cities. It was a major location. There was a lot of sin. There was a lot of, as the saying goes, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't know if they had rock and roll back then, but it was a place for artists. So there was uh, different artistic abilities that came through that place. The book of 1 Corinthians itself is most likely... Uh, the third letter that was written. The first two are not, we would say, inspired by God. They're not part of Holy Scripture, but as you read through the book of 1 Corinthians, you, you begin to hear him say, well, when I wrote to you before, when I was with you before, and so most likely this letter is in some response to things that have been written to Paul, as well as some oral reports from people that had come from this church to visit him. He, he's now coming uh, to respond to them by sending this letter. This is a church that Paul founded. Acts 18 has that story of when this church was started by Paul. Most likely this church is made up of Gentile believers, not, not Jewish believers, but Gentile believers. It's there in Acts 18 as Paul is is proclaiming the gospel that Corinth, uh, it says that he from now on goes to the Gentiles. And so here we have mostly Gentile believers, probably some Hellenistic Jews that are mixed in. But Paul in his writing, he's writing in a way that is very confrontational. He, he's kind of letting them have it. It's like, I, I know who you are. We've been going back and forth. And he's just kind of laying it out there. He's sarcastic. We, we miss that in the language. So um, is it biblical to be sarcastic? At least in 1 Corinthians it is. Is he angry at them? Yes. At points he's definitely angry with them. But he's coming and attacking, and some some may say that. I don't know if we would say it's attacking. But really what he's doing, he's trying to edify them. He, he, he's, he's coming and saying, look, I want you as a church to be built up. To be built up in two ways, really, evangelism as well as that Christian maturity and character. He's coming in and he's telling them, look, I, I'm challenging your view on what it means to be spiritual. They had some weird views on what it meant to be spiritual. We'll look at some of those in the weeks ahead. But today, we're, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2, and in here, he's starting off with giving them a choice, a choice to live by. He's saying, are you going to live by the decisions of the world? Or are you going to live by what he really calls the wisdom of the world? Or are you going to live by the power of God? Now, as part of the power of God, he also says the wisdom of God. But initially, he starts off saying, are you going to live by the wisdom of the world? Or are you going to live by the power of God? He's writing this to a church who was saved. And in his openings, he actually tells them that they were sanctified in Christ. In other words, he's using language that we know, okay, they are actually believers that have gone a little bit off here or there. Here in 1 Corinthians, starting at, at chapter 1, verse 10, he kind of lays out for them, saying, look, you, you have been divided. There's division among you. And that's where really he gets at. That's not because of us. It's, it's your fault. Do you think that Christ is divided? He finally gets down and he he talks about some of the the division that's there. Parts of the division is they fall under different religious leaders. Kind of sounds like what happens today from time to time. I believe John MacArthur, no. I believe Jack Hayford, no. I don't know who are some other big ones. Charles Stanley. Like they were coming and saying, look, no, these are the leaders we follow. And Paul's responding to them and saying, but is Christ divided? Is, is Christ divided in, in that way? And so he comes and, and he says, look, you can follow the wisdom of the world. Let's read it together in 1 Corinthians 1.17. It says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom. With eloquent wisdom. In other words, this very fancy language, this maybe even... How he reasons with them. he's saying, "Look, you're not like the other people that go around and can reason well or speak well. Maybe Paul spoke like a hillbilly. I don't know. Well you think of something today that we would say as someone who doesn't talk too well. But we know Paul was educated, and that's not necessarily the case, but that's one of the accusations that's probably come against him. And so he's responding saying, "Look, for Christ to not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, the good news. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Here is we look at what is maybe the wisdom of the world. What's the wisdom of the world? What is Paul getting at? And he lays out here several different things in chapters one and two. The first is the wisdom of the world is what causes division. The wisdom of the world is what causes division. We think we have to be divided under these different thoughts. Part of what Paul is getting at is they're looking at things from an earthly perspective instead of the heavenly perspective, saying, look, you, 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 you think there needs to be these divisions, Paul versus Apollos versus Christ. The wisdom of the world also prefers this eloquence of speech. Do you talk well? Can you reason well? We maybe even could add this in this day and age. Do you have a PhD on your name? Are you doctor so-and-so? The wisdom of the world causes believers, it also says, to stay as babes, throw in there uh, a mind that is carnal or sinful. In 1 Corinthians 2.6, he says this. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. In other words, he's now getting into this wisdom from God, yet not the wisdom of this age, so he's comparing the two, or the wisdom of this world as I'm calling it, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed. so although it just mentioned a mystery, that mystery has been revealed, but God has revealed them to us through His spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God you'll jump up for me, that's comparing really the wisdom of the world with God's wisdom. Let's jump back up. And yes, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. But let's jump back up to 1 Corinthians 1.24. It says there, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God of God because of the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Christ the power of God. Paul here in chapters one and two again is comparing that choice to live by the wisdom of the world or that power and wisdom of God. Which are they going to live by? They've already been saved. They already have believed, and yet they're to continue in life with this choice. Which way are they going to live? We all have that choice. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is that choice. We still are in this world, not of this world. We still have that choice. Do we live by what the world says, or do we live by the power and the wisdom of God? And here, specifically referring to the cross of Christ. See, God's power, it tells us in here, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 1.18, that God's power is foolishness to the world. They look at the cross. They look at the cross where the creator, the king of creation, went to die a most painful death for all humanity. They call it foolishness. God's power also is not just preached, but it is proclaimed and demonstrated. It's, there's a demonstration of God's power. God is the God who was resurrected from the dead. God's power is revealed and therefore more than something simply learned. There's something deeper here. There's not like some secret knowledge where we just keep learning and learning and learning. Eventually we get it. There's something that is deeper here in the sense that can only come by the spirit of God. A choice to live by wisdom of the world or by the power and the wisdom of God that really requires the Spirit of God. God's power is also the gift of salvation. It is the cross and what Jesus did for us at the cross. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says it like this. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That is salvation, the free gift to each one of us. Now, yes, we know there are other gifts that the Spirit gives us, but the gift that the cross, the cross brought for us is salvation, the power of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is not some deeper truth about God simply to be learned. Sometimes we, we hear that word wisdom when we think, okay, we can go to school We can read a book. There's something there that that we need to learn. And yet here, what Paul is laying out for them is, again, it's something that only comes by the Spirit. There's something deeper that is there that's not just trying harder. There's something that only comes when you spend time with the Spirit, the Spirit of God. Wisdom of God is really his plan for saving his people. First 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2 lays it out, it's really the wisdom of God is God's plan, the cross, for saving his people. It's the power, it's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is not, again, taught by man, but the Holy Spirit who teaches spiritual people. There's something significant about that, and as you read at the end of chapter 2, part of what it gets to is that The Spirit teaches our spirit, and our spirit comes alive when we recognize Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's been revealed to us on the inside, and now we can grow in a significant way by the Holy Spirit. The wisdom of God requires being spiritually minded, or having the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says it like this, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And then on into chapter 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For there for where there is envy, strife, divisions among you, those things of the world, you are not carnal and behaving like mere men. Are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? For when one says I am of Paul and another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He brings it back to this, okay, which are you? Which choice are you making? Are you living by the wisdom of the world? Causes envy, strife, divisions? Or are you living by the power of God? The wisdom of God. Where God has come and he's teaching us. Not just by mere learning, as we would say. But by spending time with his spirit. He's challenging them. If they think they're, they're very spiritual. There's things they do that they think they check off these boxes that say I'm I'm spiritual because of these things. And Paul's now coming and challenging them and saying, look, no, you're really not spiritual. Your behavior aligns with the world, not with the power and the wisdom of God. See, God both outsmarted and overpowered humanity and the enemy. He outsmarted and overpowered him. And so if we are people of God, we understand, then, what it means that God came and overpowered and outsmarted the world around us. We live from a different perspective. We truly are spiritual and live from that, live from that heavenly perspective. 1 Corinthians 2.5 says it like this. So that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So as I conclude this morning, my question is this, does your faith rest in the power of God? Is that where your faith rests? We all probably know people that when we talk about evangelism, they have all these lists of reasons of why they, they don't want to believe in Jesus. And there's apologetics we can study that really come and, and help people with those. But ultimately, ultimately, What 1 Corinthians tells us is that there is something deeper that has to happen for people to be saved, and that is God coming and revealing himself to people. It's part of why we pray for that to happen. It's part of why we bring kids and dedicate them to the Lord at an early age. We start off saying, look, Lord, we want them to be yours. There's something deeper that's there. Does our faith rest in the power of God? not just that understanding, not just that wisdom of the world, but in the true power and wisdom of God. The power of God is universal, it's unstoppable, and it is eternal. The power of God must be viewed from heaven, from above, not from here on the earth. That's where a lot of us struggle, and I think we probably will continue to struggle from now until we are bodily present with Jesus we pass from this earth to the next. I think because the world around us does have such sway and such influence, even there are moments we wake up and say, okay, today I give the day to the Lord, but then something happens, and by the end of the day, we've really lived by the wisdom of the world, and so that's why the next day, you're supposed to get up, and God's mercies are new every morning, praise the Lord, and you make that choice again, because each day, We are in this world around us where there is division, where there is turmoil, where there is strife, and yet each day we have to get up and say, I'm not going to live according to that system. I'm going to live according to the power and the wisdom of God, even when it seems like foolishness to the world around us. I'm going to ask worship team to go ahead and make their way up here. Part of what we do when we pray or at the end of our services is we typically conclude with a song. Part of that is it really allows us to take a few moments and to go from kind of that information that, that happens as I read God's word, as I deliver some points to you, to the Spirit to come and to begin to speak to us even more specifically, because the Spirit will come and do that. He comes in, he continues to reveal himself to us, his people. And so I'm going to ask, uh, before the worship team actually sings a concluding song, that we take a moment just to close our eyes, maybe put your hands out in front of you like you're open to receiving from the Holy Spirit. And then if you can just say that out of your mouth, say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. And then let's just... Take a moment now and allow the Spirit to begin to speak to each one of us. Holy Spirit, we, we know we are your people, the people of God. And we know your word says that you come and you teach us what we need. Lord, we want to be a people that come and live, make that choice, live by your power, by your Spirit. Lord, we want to be a people that come and live by your wisdom. Lord, each person is going through unique circumstances. And only you can come and guide them with that wisdom, that power from above. So as we conclude today, as we sing a song in conclusion, I ask for you just to come and begin to reveal yourself more and more. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to SBCC Weekly. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast as well as give us a like. You can visit us again online at www.singmanvalley.net.